Hello and welcome to the Chase Family Church podcast. This week we have myself speaking, Kev Nash, and it's the start of our mission week. So we're going to be thinking a little bit about what is mission and what does it mean for us and how do we get involved. I hope you enjoy. Lord, I pray that this morning you will speak to us. Those of us here in the room, those of us that are online, I pray, Lord, that you would speak deep into our hearts that you would change us, you would move us. I want to thank you, Lord, for what you have been doing. Um, These exciting, amazing, wonderful stories of your provision, of, um, of you just moving in the things that we are doing. And Lord, we want to see more. We want to see more. So we cry at you for more, Lord, today. Amen. Okay, so this week we are starting our mission week, as as you've heard. Now, often the word mission will be used in um, different contexts. So um, maybe it's this. When the US government operative Ethan Hunt and his mentor Jim go on a covert assignment and it takes a disastrous turn, Jim is killed. Ethan becomes the prime suspect. Now a fugitive, Hunt recruits a hacker and a pilot to help him sneak into a heavily guarded CIA building to retrieve a confidential computer file that will prove his innocence. What's the movie? Mission Impossible. Impossible. So sometimes it's used in movie titles, isn't it? Um, Maybe you've been um, doing a task or a job like, I don't know, um, building an extension or clearing the garden or something, and you described it as a mission to complete. Uh, Maybe a guy meets a girl, buys a ring, goes on a walk, gets into their garden and down on one knees and asks her to marry him. Maybe it's a mission to get into get engaged. Pete Rose, is it something like that? Uh, maybe a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> Pete Rose got engaged. Let's give him another round of applause. But the word mission is often used in many, many different contexts. So I looked it up in the dictionary. What does the word mission mean? And it says, and there's a couple of definitions. One was an important assignment given to a person or group of people, typically involving traveling abroad. Secondly, there was a vocation or a calling of a religious organization or a person, especially a Christian one, to go out into the world and spread faith. So what does mission mean for us next week and beyond? Do we have a covert operation that we need to complete? Do we have an impossible task that is set before us? Maybe some of the gardening that we're going to do in St. John's might seem impossible, but actually I think the hot weather has actually done half the job for us, killing off a lot of it. So um, so that's quite good. But are we going to be heading abroad? I doubt it with the way the airports are at the moment. Um, But the reality is we have, and we're going to explore this a little bit today, we have an important assignment set before us. Now, the reality is that we are bivocational people. We are to spread faith alongside the other things that we do in life. And, um, and as the dictionary definition said, that we um, spread faith. Now, how do I know this? Well, we're going to explore together. See, the reality is that Jesus came to establish and build God's kingdom, didn't he? That was his primary purpose, to build kingdom. And this mantle is then passed on to 
his people. So we're going to look in Mark, if you've got your Bibles, please turn to Mark chapter 6, and we're going to read from 7 to 13. It will come up on the screen as well. So Mark chapter 6, and from 7 to 13. So it's entitled, Sending Out the Twelve. And he called the twelve to himself, and began to send them out, two by two, and gave them power over unclean spirits. He commanded them to take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bag, no bread, no copper in their money belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He also said to them, in whatever place you enter a house, stay there till you depart from that place. And whoever will not receive you nor hear you when you depart from there, shake off the dust under your feet as a testimony against them. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in, that, in the day of judgment than for that city. So they went out and they preached that people should repent and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. Have you ever had one of those mornings where you emerge a little bit later than you anticipated, feeling a little bit sleepy, maybe half an hour before you need to leave and you have to get out the door. So all you've got time for is to um, get dressed, put on some shoes, grab a bag and leave. Ever had mornings like that? Yeah, yeah, I've had mornings like that. See, Jesus didn't even let his disciples take a bag or money with them. This was almost like emergency instructions for this swift and dangerous mission that Jesus was sending his disciples on. This wasn't a, this isn't a program for modern church life. Verse eight, they were to take nothing, just themselves, and rely on people's hospitality. Now, there is some similarities between what the disciples must have looked like on their way. So they were traveling from um, town to town, from city to city, with literally nothing with them. I think if we were going on trips like that, we would want to take things with us, wouldn't we? And I'm sure they did too. But Jesus said, no, don't take anything with you and rely on the hospitality of the places that you go to. Now, there probably would have been similarities, as I say, to what they looked like and the way that they appeared to some wandering philosophers of the day. There were a few reports of people that would wander around the towns and cities and they would beg and they would teach people They would often teach stark and shocking things um, and things that people just didn't really understand or want to hear. They taught that the world in all its glamour and show was fake and that people um, shouldn't pay any more attention to it. And these people that wandered, they were called cynics. And it was because of the Greek word synon that they got this name cynics. And it meant dog. Now, dogs in those days would have been uh, more kind of vermin than, um, than family pets. And they had a reputation for barking at the rich people and the respectable people. So some people 
they would have potentially seen Jesus' disciples walking in and they would have thought, there they are, the cynics, coming to tell us um, because they had nothing with them. They weren't the normal travellers. But soon they would have learned there was something very different between Jesus' disciples and these cynics. See, these similarities were only very skin deep. See, the cynics, they didn't cast out demons. They didn't tell people to repent. They didn't see people healed. Yet Jesus' disciples saw these things. But Mark makes it really plain in his gospel that they, when they go into that area, that they are to bring the signs and wonders of God's kingdom. And this is where we start to see God's kingdom breaking through even more in the signs and wonders and the repentance of the people. See, the reality is that this was an urgent mission that they were on. They were heading towards the, um, the, almost the pinnacle of Jesus' ministry where he died on the cross. And they had to get out there and start telling people about the things of the kingdom, the things that were to come. And they were to rely totally on people's hospitality and focus on the task at hand. See, they were sent out as these heralds of the kingdom. They were to warn people about the things that were to happen. The cynics didn't think anything new was going to happen. Um, So they would never have said anything like that. They just wanted people to not be so in the world. And they were to tell everyone that they should get ready for what Jesus was about to do. So getting ready, verse 12, meant that they preached repentance. Isn't that what we've done today? We've shared um, the communion. We've thought about those things in our lives we need to repent of. And we thought about what Jesus has done on the cross as we shared the bread and the wine. It wasn't just saying sorry for maybe particular sin. It was the repentance that changes our outlook on life, changes the way that we go and the things that we do. See, Jesus' agenda left no room for compromise, no time to waste. Jesus anticipated that some people wouldn't welcome him, that they would, the disciples would go to a place and they would actually actively reject the message. Because the reality is, and for us, there are always um, some people that would rather stay sick than face the challenges of a new life or a new outlook. Isn't that sad, isn't it? Where we can offer such hope and such change for people. Coming to the Lord doesn't mean that we'll be perfect, does it? But it means that we change and slowly things start to change in our lives. So the disciples were in that moment to respond with this symbolic action. They were to wipe the dust from their feet, showing that they were um, dusting off themselves from those people. There was no time to waste. The way that Mark writes his gospel is almost um, this breathless gospel that has to get through what is happening and we see this almost urgency in the breathlessness of this mission see if people won't have it there's no time to lose we dust off our feet and we move on to the next person on to the next place and the reality is woe to those who miss their chance 
That's what it's saying. See, Jesus sharing of his urgent mission with, um, with the 12 was not then, it wasn't Jesus actually saying, do you know what? I'm done. I'm just going to delegate. Um, and I'm going to send out the 12 instead of myself. Um, he wasn't just taking his leadership and using it for delegation. He was using it to expand the kingdom quickly. I'm sure that Jesus was delegating at the same time, but it wasn't because he wanted to get out of it. Um, and there was this symbolic, this symbolic thing of the 12 going out. And it would have been symbolic for Israel as well. Um, of God's urgent timetable. There would have been an understanding in the history of this for Israel. See, the world's history was rushing towards this massive climax, the event of the cross. And it was this big showdown that was about to happen. And Israel needed, and the world needed to be ready for it. So off go the 12. There they are, symbolic um, of God's renewed people, symbolic of the 12 tribes of Israel, um, driving out evil before them, awakening memories in people, maybe of the old prophecies that they had once known, and seeing the sick be healed and God's kingdom come and break through in those moments. See, Jesus, it seemed, was doing three things. He was gathering support in this. He was giving as many as possible a chance to repent before the great moment came and he was preparing the ground for a very different work that would take place in the almost aftermath of this what seemed a catastrophe on the cross but we know that there was victory in that don't we yeah. we sung that today didn't we isn't that amazing Absolutely. singing of the victory of the cross excuse me So what does this passage mean for us today? Well, I don't think that we have to copy exactly what Jesus um, did, his instructions to his followers. Because I think actually these were for a specific time, place and purpose. But we, um, we can't also think that this is completely irrelevant for us in today's time. So in this passage, um, time was of the essence Jesus' death was coming and people needed to know about the kingdom. Now, I'm not saying that we need to panic and we need to rush around and, and, and get things done as quick as possible. But the reality is we are living with the return of Jesus imminently, aren't we? Some would say we're living in the end times, in the end days. Now, we don't know the hour or the time when Jesus will return. That's, we read that in the Bible, but it could be very soon. So actually, there should be an urgency in what we do, because we do not know the time or the hour of when Jesus will return to judge the earth. So there is some urgency. Now, we need to learn and we need to hear passages like this, and we need to respond obediently. And what it involves is listening to God and his prophetic call on our lives. And we need to also be listening to the pain of the world and what is happening around us. And the reality is that as we see the pain of the world and we listen to the prophetic call of God, at the point where these two intersect, that's where we see mission come. And that's where God calls us and there is no time 
to lose. See, the world is breaking, isn't it? We see it all around us. There's COVID that's still impacting our world. There's the cost of living that is increasing. Um, there is people struggling to feed their families. There are people that are lonely, hurting, in pain, need healing. All these things are the reality of what we see in the world. Yet when we listen to God and we hear his prophetic voice speaking and those two collide, that's where we see, as I said, mission. So for years, you guys here in this church have laid a foundation of prayer in this building and in this town. And I was thinking about it, and as I, as I was putting this talk together, and I was, I was imagining an aerial view of Shirley Road, um, and just imagining the pulses going out, almost like radio waves of prayer that's been impacting the local area. More recently, as you guys know, we've been out knocking on doors. Um, and I had a quick look um, over uh, um, some of our stats. And I reckon it's at least 250 houses that in the, in the few months that we've been out, we've um, knocked on. Um, some people have not been in. Some people have said no thank you. Some people have wanted prayer. Um, and some people we shared the gospel with. We have made a difference by going out. But the reality is, in all the houses that we have knocked on, even the ones that um, said no thank you, we have started to plant seeds that the Lord will grow. The seed that Susan planted. She hasn't shared the gospel by, in the words that she said, but a simple act of handing a book over could see a seed grow and the kingdom break through. Um, some people have been unwell. Some people have had long-term health conditions that we've been able to pray with them and we've been able um, to love them and show them how much Jesus loves them. Some people we um, call back to each and every week and we just check in on them. And we, again, extend that love of Jesus. See, friends, this is the pain of the world that we are seeing as we knock on the doors. Some of the stories that um, we have heard are they're heartbreaking of where people are at. We would never have known that if we'd have sat in here and not been out knocking on those doors. There are people that, um, that just needed somebody else to be with them and stand with them. People of no faith that have said to us, this is something that I'm struggling with. Can you pray for me when we've asked them what we can pray for? That's amazing. There was Pete and I um, knocked on a, on a door, and I won't tell you what, um, what the, um, the young lady asked for, but I just thought, you're sharing that with two complete strangers. It just felt an honour to hear that and to be able to pray that. Um, Pete and I prayed um, with, um, not with the, with the young lady, but um, afterwards for her, um, because she wanted us to. That is absolutely amazing and a privilege. And actually, for us here... Um, we decided that actually what was God prophetically saying to us as a church? He was saying to us, go. We needed to go out there. And that's where we see the, um, the pain of the world and the prophetic voice of God collide when God said, go. And we left this building and we started knocking on doors. See, the reality is if we do nothing, if we stay in here, we come along and we worship on a Sunday, um, and we do our small groups, but if we can go out into the world, the kingdom is not going to grow. There may, be, there may be small glimpses, but the kingdom is not going to grow. We are not about building an empire. 
We are not about filling bums on seats in this building. Um, well, that's not what we're about. We're about seeing God's kingdom grow. We're about seeing people come to know and love Jesus. We're about seeing people impacted because of Jesus. Whether they enter this building or not, it doesn't matter. We're about kingdom, not empire. See, church, this is our calling. This is our mandate, and this is our mission, to be out there in the world. See, the 12, and then later in the Bible, you can read about it yourself, the 70 were sent out, and they were sent out to live in community. See, what difference can we make in our local communities? They were sent out with nothing, and they said, rely on, Jesus said to them, rely on the people that you go to, on the communities. How much do we rely on ourselves, or do we rely on our communities? How much difference can we make in the areas that we live, as well as the area around this church, like we've been trying to impact recently? See, this week is Mission Week, as we said, and we are going to continue to impact this local area. See, the reality is the time is now. We need to not delay. We need to be out there. And we need to be listening to God's prophetic voice and seeing with our eyes the pain of the world. See, over this week, Martin's already explained it. We're going to have training sessions. We're going to have times when we, um, on Monday afternoon, when we're walking the streets and we're praying, we're laying that foundation. We're saying, God, what are you going to do this week as we're out and we're talking to people about you? We're going to worship and we are going to go out. And none of us, none of us, I would say, on, on team that have been door knocking, felt massively confident to begin with. But I still sometimes, I'm like, oh, Lord, it's another day. It's another time to go door knocking. What's it going to be like? Um, and I think for me, the massive worry is rejection. We all hate rejection, don't we? And what I don't want is for somebody to have a go at me and somebody to um, not want to talk to me or engage with me or be mean to me. But I haven't seen that. Even the people that um, we've knocked on doors and they've been busy or they just don't want to know have been so polite with it. It's like, no thanks. And that's it. And, and I think the few times that um, that has happened versus the reality of the impact that we have made, they just don't, they don't weigh up. So for me, I have to put aside that potential rejection, and I have to embrace what God is going to do. And for me, and, and um, we've been taught this with Rob as well, in those moments where, where somebody says no, that's all right, we just dust our feet off and we move on. We move on to the next person. See, what I love is that we can be expectant of what God is going to do. We know that God will move and God will make a difference. And we know that the kingdom will break through. Church, are you expectant with me? Are you? So we're not going to send out anybody on their own. We're not going to um, ask people to do things that they're uncomfortable with. Um, well, maybe a little bit uncomfortable is okay. Um, but Jesus moves us into uncomfortable areas to see us grow and to see his kingdom come. And I think that's okay. He can do that. 
See, Jesus spent time training his disciples, didn't he? If you read um, the early parts of the gospel, you see all those times when he's training and asking, and the disciples are asking questions and he's teaching them. He equipped them. And that is part of what we have done for this mission week. We have put aside time when we are going to train, we are going to equip as a team um, each other. But what is most important and exciting is if you look at verse 7 with me. It says, he called the 12 to himself and began to send them out two by two, and he gave them power over unclean spirits. Jesus gave them power. They had the power of God himself when they were sent out. And we have that too, church, don't we? We have the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through us. We have the power of God in us. Verse 13 um, um, verse, sorry, verse 12. So they went out and preached that people should repent, and they're 13. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. So as they went out, they shared the gospel. That's what we've been doing. That's what we will be doing. Taking those opportunities through the sketchboarding, through one-to-one conversations to share the gospel. To, to help people to see that there is this need for something different. We're going to pray with people. We're going to see people healed just as they did, the 12 did in this moment. And that is exciting to see. There will be people who say no thank you to us when we're out and about and when we're doing things. Um, But people aren't rude. Okay, some people are at times. But do you know what? I think it's okay. We just um, brush the dust off our feet and we move on to the next one. Um... See, those people that do that, that say no, they've made their choice, and we can't change that. But even, even by us approaching that person and talking to them, I still believe that's a seed planted. What if that person then reflects and thinks, what if there is more? We, we never know. Even a rejection can bring the kingdom. So you may be sitting there thinking, I don't have time, I'm not a missionary. Um, This isn't for me. I don't have experience. It's not my thing. Nothing I I can say will change your thoughts. Um, But what I'm asking is is for for us to allow the Lord to speak into our hearts. So when Martin first said that we were going to go door knocking, I was like, I was like, should I just start to draft my letter of resignation right now? Um, Is this it? Are we done? Um, but actually, as I, as I prayed about it, as much as I had that, that reservation within me, I felt the Lord say, do you know what, this is, this is your calling. Um, this is your mandate. This is your mission to go out into the world and make a difference. Um, so my prayer today is that we would allow God to speak to our hearts and to our minds and to tell us the things that he wants us to do. Because um, the reality is, as I said at the beginning, we are, as people, we are bivocational. So you may be a taxi driver, but you're also a missionary. You may be an accountant, a carpenter, IT support. There's loads of things that we do, but we are bivocational and we are called to be missionaries as well. So our day jobs are one thing, and then we get called to be missionaries in our workplace, in our local areas, in our communities, in our schools. Everywhere we go, we are called to be missionaries. We have a great commission. We have a mandate. We have a calling. We have a mission to share Jesus with people.
people. What I want us to do is I want us to hold this in mind and I want us to just spend some time listening to what God is saying to us. Because again, we, as I said, we have this reality that we have um, the pain of the world. And as the pain of the world collides with the prophetic voice of God, that's where we see mission. So what I want us to do, church, is today, uh, for, the, for the next bit of, this, of the time together, I want us to worship. I want us to listen to the voice of God. And I want us to then share those things that we feel God is saying. Now, it may not be... God is caught. No, uh, um, it may not be that there is a, like a big thing that you have to say. Maybe do you know what you feel the Lord is saying: a colour or a um, you, you see a picture of a guy in a hat or something. I don't know what it is, but it may be something small and you think is insignificant. But what I want you to do is come up and share it, um, because it may be that we are out and about, and, and the things that we here this morning we see and that is God's prophetic voice speaking into the world so I'm going to pray Pete um, and Anna are going to lead us as we worship and then there'll be uh, maybe we'll do a song and then we'll just wait and see what the Lord says is that cool okay church why don't we stand we hope you found that encouraging and inspiring. If you go to Sunday the 24th of July's video on YouTube, you'll be able to see the testimonies and the encouraging stories from people in church. So do head over to YouTube and check that out.